0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Paid in Full podcast. I'm your host, Joe Roush, and this is episode number nine. We're back in it again, another week down. Hope everybody's staying healthy and safe during this challenging time, but uh, hopefully we'll get through it all together. I appreciate you guys so much for listening. If you haven't yet, Please subscribe to the podcast, download it. You'll get the updates every week for when I drop this. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me. Um, Also, if you're uh, liking what you're hearing and enjoying this information, uh, give me a five-star rating uh, on Apple iTunes. I would uh, love that as well so uh today we 're going to continue our talk about royalties and uh, we're going to dive into a new world here that uh, combines both the musical uh, composition side and the sound recording side together and uh, This is the world of synchronization or sync, as uh, many of you guys may have known the term uh, and a lot of people I, I get tons of questions about synchronizations how to get songs placed in TV and film and Uh, It's an entire industry in itself and a a really complex one when you kind of break it down. There's so many different layers to go uh, explore with this. So today we're just going to be talking about um, a general sense of this world, uh, where the royalties are coming from, how you're getting paid, and why this is a very viable mean of income for so many songwriters and artists. So that being said, let's jump right in and uh, get this party started. So Uh, Synchronization refers to when a song gets synchronized or synced to an audiovisual work, meaning your song is uh, basically being placed in uh, wherever there's a visual image. This can be uh, TV, you know, in in a TV show, film, trailers, um, an ad like a commercial, any way where there's video going on and uh, your songs are being played within that video and in those images. Now it breaks down into so many different ways, and we're not going to cover all of them today. Uh, but I promise you, you know, after we kind of get through this general sense, uh, these, these kind of introductory episodes, I'm going to be diving really deep into so many different uh, lanes here. So uh, stay tuned for that. But for right now, just that's basically what you need to know. It's kind of a simple concept of uh, your song being used in these uh, audio-visual images, all right? Now, there's a couple components that we have to think about. So let's scale it back to what I'd love to do, as you guys know, is go back to copyright law and start to understand where these rights are used. And it's a great way, you know, getting comfortable with the copyright world and the rights that you have is really a great way to strengthen your foundation to understand where uh, your work is protected, how it can be licensed and used, and how you can get paid. So I always go back there. So when we talk about the sync world, uh, there's a few different rights that get used. And uh, again, if you need uh, a refresher on the rights that you get under copyright law, go back to episode two, where uh, we start to talk about those rights pretty in depth. Now, uh, there's three of them that get used in the sync world. One is your right to reproduce, two, the right to distribute, and three, the right to publicly perform. These are protected rights when you create a song that you have. So a film company or a TV company or anyone that wants to use your song in an audiovisual work, they basically have to get permission from these three rights because what they're gonna do is, one, once your song is in that audiovisual work, any one of these companies is going to reproduce it Obviously, they need to reproduce that uh, film or show. Two, distribute it to the public. And three, have your work publicly performed through the audiovisual images. So, those all get used in this world of sync. Very, very important to know uh, because these are the rights that you're licensing. Now, when we talk about the sync world, we're talking about both sides of a song, meaning the sound recording on one side and the musical composition, the publishing, the songwriting on the other side. So both of these components get used in the sync world. So let's uh, scale it back and start walking through that process. So first, starting with the musical composition and the copyright itself of the actual song, the, the music and the lyrics of it um, without the recording. On the publishing side, when you're a songwriter, uh, any film company or TV show, anyone that's going to create an audiovisual work is going to come to you and needs to get your permission to use your song in their film. Now, usually this happens first before the recording gets permission. And the reason is, is uh, if you kind of think about it, look. Even if a film company were to get approval of the master recording, the sound recording, if they don't have approval or permission to use the actual song, the musical composition, then the approval for the sound recording doesn't matter. And that's why this is so important to talk about these both sides. And I'll give you a quick example. Say uh, you're a songwriter and uh, you write a song for Rihanna, right? And you write the song 100%. We'll just keep it uh, very simple. You write the song, Rihanna records the song. So say that song wants to be used by a director in an upcoming film. Well, they can go to you know the record company to use Rihanna's recording. And she can say, yeah, you know they can approve it and say, uh, yes, you can use this recording. But then if they come to you as the songwriter and you don't like the use of the song, you don't like the scene, you don't like the film, you don't like it for whatever reason, you just don't feel like approving it uh, for the use, then it really doesn't matter about the recording. They can't use the recording without getting the permission of the actual song, the actual musical composition first. That's why publishing is so important. And this is a bit different too than what we talked about with uh, the mechanical royalty world. Where mechanical royalties, you don't actually have that approval process on the uh, publishing side because it's all done through uh, compulsory licensing or mechanical licensing. So you actually don't have that like power of approval like you do in Sync. Sync, they have to get your permission. Unless it's like a very special case of like pre-approved songs in a library that are just good to go. But even at that Um, it's so important in the sync world where they have to get your approval to use your song. It's very, very strict. Um, And this is an area of the industry that's unique like that. Again, we don't see this type of uh, strict policy when it comes to mechanical stuff. Like your song can be out there for months uh, on a recording, on iTunes, and on streaming, and a mechanical license may never actually even be in place. But in sync... You've got to get those approval rights first, and it has to start with the publishing because if you don't get those publishing rights, then you just can't use the recording, and that's the way it is. So um, that's just a quick example to kind of show you the power that you have as the songwriter. You can prevent a use from happening um, if you don't like it, and I've seen this a thousand times, you know. It's not just a, a thing where everyone approves their songs to be used for um, you know, TV or film. And uh, that's another thing to quickly kind of talk about this world in general, where having that power is so important because some people don't like their songs being used in maybe ways they find offensive or off-brand or don't want to be affiliated with a certain product or simply just don't like the use. Like maybe they just don't like how their song is used or maybe they just don't want their songs available in the sync world because they're trying to protect the exposure of their song. So there's a lot of different ways you have to consider. It's not just one of those things where it's like, I want my song in every possible TV show or every possible film or ad. A lot of this has to come down to exposure and value. And if you over expose a song, um, meaning if it's out there everywhere, it actually loses value, and that's kind of like a more supply and demand uh, kind of scenario when you when you kind of think about it with music, but, you know, I've worked with so many legacy catalogs, songs that have had, you know, 40, 50, 60 year lifespans, and um, it's very sensitive on where you want to expose that because you want to protect, um, you want to protect that use, you want to protect the legacy of the song and the use of the song, and, Honestly, sometimes when your song can be used in a, uh, a film or show or, or ad or anything like that, you have to be really careful on what the association is and what people are watching while listening to your song because there's an association that happens in people's minds. You know, you don't want your song... You know, possibly that's like a happy and joyful song, but used in a back of a murder scene that's happening in like a horror film as kind of a you know juxtaposition. Maybe that's not the best use of your song because uh, it kind of changes the context of it. Visuals can do that; they can have a lot of power. Now it sounds like I'm like, oh, you know, be careful what you're doing, and I definitely am saying, you know, be careful and kind of give it more thought, but. It can also have the opposite effect too, where songs can work fantastically in wonderful ads, wonderful films, uh, where it really enhances the overall value and the exposure and it brings it so much new power and light. So uh, it can really work both ways. So I just want to kind of open up that conversation and get you guys thinking about you know, before just approving every single use because you see a check or you're excited about this, you know, cool, you know, imagery that you're seeing. Think about: is this really the right use for your song? Is it the right use for your brand? And uh, we'll get more into these conversations later. And uh, it's really like a whole conversation within itself that can probably take up an entire episode. But lots, a lot of things to think about, a lot of different scenarios um, that we'll we'll dive into and explore along this little journey. But what you need to know first is uh, there are these two sides, that musical composition side and the sound recording side, but the real power really does lie in the musical composition. They kind of control the use. Again, if the songwriters or the publishers, you know, if they say we don't want this to happen, then nothing can happen on the sound recording side. That's just the way it is. Also, another quick thing to kind of think about with that too, just to make this point super clear. Now, say you do approve the song, the actual musical composition for a use, but the sound recording person or record label doesn't want to approve it. For example, let's go back to that uh, situation where um, the example where I was saying you wrote a song and Rihanna records it. So say you're like, look, I'm good with this use. I love it. My song is approved for this. Then the company goes to the record label and the record label says, you know what? We're not really on board with this, so you cannot use our sound recording. Well, then the film company, they can come and say, okay, we can't use the sound recording, but we have approval of the actual song. So let's go find another sound recording. They can actually make that choice because there could be a cover recording. They can maybe make a cover. They could find another artist to record, so that's when covers kind of come in, into the picture here where now that you have approval of the actual musical composition, you may not get approval for the master recording, but you can use any other master recording that may want to do it. So say Rihanna doesn't want to do it, but there's another recording from like an independent artist that's out there that records that song that does a fantastic version. Well, the film company can go to that person and say, hey, Could we use your recording for this and get their permission? So that again is why uh, the musical composition has that kind of power because there's always only one musical composition, but there can be an infinite number of sound recordings. So just another way to kind of think about how this kind of sync world operates and why there are these two sides and why they're so important and how there can be so many different variables. You also see this a lot with trailers when um, someone covers a song in a different way. For example, a big kind of use of this was in a Suicide Squad uh, trailer. They took a BG song called I Started a Joke and they made it real spooky. It's called like trailerizing where you kind of create this new recording that's, uh, you know, they slowed it down. It was a female vocal really, really different from the original recording. So they created this new recording and uh, from this BG song. So in that case, the trailer company, the people that were doing that uh, got permission from the people who wrote the BG song, and then this new recording that was used. So that's an example of getting permission from the song from the the actual songwriters, but using a totally different recording that sounds nothing like the original. So again, just another example, breaking up the difference between the publishing and the songwriting, that musical composition side and the sound recordings just really wanted to stress that. uh, And this, this is why I've always been stressing keeping things so separate with the sound recording and musical composition, because there's so many variables like this in every aspect of the music industry. So Really, um, really important to know and I wanted to spend some some time giving you some situations to think about when we dive into the sync world. Now, just going over some basic things about this. So with both the sound recording and the musical composition, obviously we'll take an example of like a film company or a TV company. Uh, They have to go to both the music publisher to get permission from the song and then the record label to get permission from the sound recording. And when they send those requests, Basically, um, you know, the production companies aren't owning the music. They're licensing the music in their film. That's a big, big point that I need to be clear because there is a side of this uh, that's called work for hire where people actually write music for, uh, you know, shows or films or ads. Uh, You know, that's an entire part of the industry that's separate. I'm not talking about work for hires in this episode right now we're just talking about synchronization licensing and master use licensing it's a license they don't own your song, and that's why they have to get the license. A license is another word for permission okay so they're licensing the use and anytime you license something there's a lot of different terms that come with that but wanted to make that clear so uh, if you guys are are you know th- th- worried that You're selling your song to this film or anything like that. In this case, you're not. You're licensing the use. And when we talk about licensing the use of your music, let's kind of break that down and understand what the use is for Uh, because it it changes depending on the actual sync. So some of the most common things you'll see in any type of license request, uh, basically uh, TV, film, you know, any production company that wants to use your song in their audiovisual work is going to come with a few standard things. One, it's going to be the type of use. So what type of use do they want you to use your song in? So there's a few main ways that your song can be used. One, the most common way that we see it is called a background vocal use. And this is when your song is playing in the background of a scene. So you're watching, you know, the TV show and you hear your song in the background while like people are having a conversation or driving down a road or in a bar or doing whatever your song is giving it more feeling, more emotion, kind of an overlay. Um, it's not actually like in the scene in like a live sense. It's just kind of this background music that's happening. That's a background um, vocal. That's what it's called. And vocal doesn't refer to just like an acapella. That's, it's a, it's kind of a weird term like that. It means the song itself. It's just called a background vocal use. But they're referring to both the vocal and the music together. So um, it's not just like, hey, I'm playing using his vocals in the background. It's just the term means everything. Uh, then there's also a visual vocal. And that's when your song is actually being performed in the scene. So say there was like a wedding band or someone doing karaoke or your song actually being used in the scene like that and being performed visually. So uh, that's another type of way. There's also instrumental uses where maybe they're just using the instrumental portion of your song. So you have to think about these different ways and uh, when you get a license request, uh, they'll tell you what they're using it for and how they're using it. So uh, it's really important because that's part of what needs to be licensed. You need to understand exactly how your song is being used. And I'll get into uh, the throes of licensing, like we'll have total separate licensing conversations where we'll really dive into this stuff. But again, this is kind of just a general sense. So um, there's different types of uses. And basically with that comes also the timing of your use. So many times in sync uses, they're not using your whole entire song. Maybe they're using 15 seconds or 30 seconds or one minute and 41 seconds. Whatever they're using, they have to be super specific because that's what you're licensing. That's what you're giving them permission for. And if you kind of think about this when we talk about like fees in a little bit, um, obviously if they use 10 seconds of your song versus using a full use of your song, those are going to require two different fees because they're using more of your song. The use is bigger. The exposure is bigger. So keep that in mind, the timing of how much of your song is being used and how it's used is going to affect how much you're going to charge for that license fee and where you want to protect it. Maybe you don't want it for an entire full use and uh, you want to kind of cut down the exposure because you don't want your song playing throughout an entire scene. Um, Or maybe you do. So there's, these are just really kind of, you know, you, you think about like, why does the timing matter? Well, every single piece matters immensely. So, cause they all affect the big picture. Okay. So keep that in mind. One of the things is the timing as well. Um, now the media, there's going to be a media part of this too, that I want you to think about. And that changes in terms of how your song is basically uh, being used in the production and the platform. So media means, uh, you'll probably see like all media. That's a very big one. That means this, uh, song can be used on TV, film, theatrical, all these different things, um, all the different ways that production can be shown. So if it's just a TV show, uh, it's common for them to say all TV. So that's kind of covers the the TV world. Um, if they're doing film, usually you'll see what's called all media, uh, or all media excluding theatrical, um, is another one if it's not film. Uh, but if it's film, it could be all media, Uh, including, which includes theatrical. And there's a lot of different ways to kind of break out the different media sources. This can be cable, non-cable. It can be, you know, extend all the way out to DVDs or video on demand. Um, It can include, you know, Uh, in context, advertising and promotions. There's kind of all these different things that get joined into the media. But just to kind of get you guys mind of like, where is your song actually being used? What's the media outlet that your song is being used in this production? Because it matters. Obviously, if it's, um, you know, being used for a theatrical use, that's way bigger than if it's just being used for a minor cable use. And that's going to change the basically the fee structure, or, you know, if it's a trailer, that's also way different advertising. That's way different too. So is it going to be on, you know, the internet and TV and in theaters, you know, you have to think about all these different places your music is going to be. So just to kind of get your mind warmed up to this idea, if not just, it's not just like, yeah, go use my song in your film. It's like, well, where exactly, or your TV show, where exactly? How exactly is it going to be on YouTube? Is it going to be on the website of the network itself? Is this, are you guys going to be running like, you know, trailers with, you know, for the, the film with it? Are those trailers going to be in theatrical and online? All these things matter. Every single way that production of, of, of the scene of, of using your song, all those different ways matter in terms of the licensing. So just different things to think about. Now, another thing is the territory of distribution. So, you know, it can be, is this throughout the world? Is this throughout the universe? Um, Those different things matter. Is it just domestic? Are we talking about just U.S.? Are we talking about just, you know, countries on their own? Is it local? Is it national? Is it worldwide? Is it universe-wide? You know, you have to even consider things like airplanes when your song is being used in an airplane, right? That's different than licensing it just for the U.S., so again, you wouldn't think about something like that, but though that's why the territory does matter because where is your song uh, being exposed? Uh, is it going to be on on TV all throughout all the different countries in the world? Is it limited? All these things start to play in a factor of how big that exposure is. So, just some things to really kind of um to think about. Now another thing is the term again. How long is this in perpetuity? Meaning, is this forever? Is this for 10 years? Is um, this for one year? What is the term of this? And a lot of times it's in perpetuity. A lot of people ask for that. Um, Also, another thing I forgot to mention with media, uh, this kind of goes with perpetuity. A lot of language that you might see is called now known or hereafter devised. So they'll say like all media now known or hereafter devised, meaning anything and everything. If the media doesn't exist today because so many different technology pops up, uh, they'll throw that kind of as a blanket statement. So we're going to use it for this media and anything that ever comes out ever. Same with uh, uh, the term, you know, in perpetuity, it's like we're, we're, we want to use this forever. That's why people have that there. Whether it is used forever or not, they actually want to have the rights for as long as possible because sometimes they they really don't know. But a lot of times it is forever, and that's genuinely the use, especially with uh, film. Um, sometimes TV shows, you know, uh, they also ask for perpetuity, but um, there's different ways to structure that term too that I, I've seen in, in hundreds of different licenses. But again, just another very important point. So those are the kind of main components, um, just to 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 see and get comfortable with. Now all these matter first before you get to the fee. Always for me, the fee was kind of the least important part of it because the fee is really up to you um, and how much you want to be a part of this. Yeah, there's standards that you can go by, but there's it's not like a set rate where it is like in mechanical where there's like a set rate by the copyright board. In the sync world, the fee can be whatever you want. So do you want to try to value it based on the exposure or do you want to value it based on what you feel it's worth for that type of production? Or do you wanna work with them and their, and their budget? You know, There's so many different factors and I'll give you some scenarios. So let's say uh, your fee for TV uses is just kind of, you have like a bare minimum of $10,000. That's what you license your, that's the minimum you license your songs for TV uses, right? But then say a new show comes up and they're in their first season and they're really hot, they're really cool, they've got a lot of buzz around them, you know the director, you love the actors, and you love the scene that your song is being in, and they come to you and they say, hey, we only have $2,500 to do this. Well, at that point, it's not like, oh, well, I only charge $10,000 minimum, so too bad. It's like, no, I love the show, I'll do it for $2,500, but maybe we can kind of scale back some of the terms, uh, maybe we can cut down the timing of the use, or maybe uh you know some of the media rights we can you know tighten up, like not in context advertising and promotions there 's ways you can kind of negotiate other parts of a license rather than the fee because the fee is really up to you so um I like to think of sync more in terms of. You know, are you on board with the use? Are you good with the terms? Is your exposure what you want it to be? And if all that makes sense, then we can start having conversations about the fee because it really comes down to kind of a personal decision. Same with like, you know, um, an ad, right? Say a brand comes to you and you're okay with the brand. Uh, Maybe they're not your favorite, but it's not that you don't like them and you you maybe kind of uh, like what they're doing but they want to offer you 20 grand for this worldwide commercial and you've licensed your song usually for 150 grand for commercials because maybe you have a huge song that's just not going to make financial sense you know even if you you might be um, and you can make that decision you say like hey this is just really low and I, I can't devalue my song for that so you can have these kind of internal conversations about how to structure the fee you want And it depends on budget. It depends on the production itself, the use. The same way like you can approve a use, you can also deny a use. And you can say, no matter how much money, hey, I'll tell you right now, honestly, I've been a part of deals that have been million dollar deals where people said there's no amount of money that you could pay me to use that song because I just am not on board with it. So sometimes the money isn't always the deciding factor. It's really the use. And I just want to make that really clear to to kind of everybody when you think about your catalog, your songs, your recordings, and protecting them the right way. Protect the use. Figure out the fee and what makes sense after you're on board or not on board. So um, now when we get to that fee, they uh, basically pay you a lump sum. And you don't get, it's not like they pay you royalties, although you do get a couple different royalties depending on the use like there is performance royalties that you'll get for tv shows or if you have your song in a film and that film is eventually syndicated on tv uh, or played on tv i should say you know there's like obviously they show films on tv all the time so you'll get performance royalties and those kind of back-end royalties will come from ASCAP and BMI and CSAC but generally uh, in sync deals they kind of pay you this buyout amount uh, aside from the performance side meaning they'll pay you this lump sum up front and that comes as your sync fee. And half of, you know, if a a production has a budget of, say, like, you know, $10,000, they're going to give you $5,000 for your publishing and $5,000 for your master. That's how it gets split. It's usually even like that. In some cases, it's not. But a, a term that you may hear is called MFN, which is called Most favored Nations, and uh, I'm not going to again dive into it right now, but just know that usually, a, f- a f- an all-in fee is split between the sound recording on one side and the music publishing on the other side. So these can kind of be negotiated um, in their own way, but usually they're pretty aligned. But you know, I've seen instances where publishing quoted you know ten thousand dollars and the master side quoted five thousand dollars. Well, because It's on this thing called an MFN basis, meaning kind of one side can't get paid lower than the other side. A lot of people enforce that. Well, if the publishing quoted 10,000 and the master only uh, quoted five, Mm -hmm. then the master side would get 10. It kind of protects one side from getting paid less than the other side and kind of keeps things even. So, uh, Not so important right now, but just to kind of give you a sense of that there's fees for the recording and there's fees for the publishing, and usually they're the same for that all-in use, that all-in fee, and uh, that just comes in an upfront check. Now, there's obviously variables that happen with every license depending on what it is. Say it's a film and they want to include DVD or they want to include uh, soundtrack use, then there's different fee structures for that. They can be optioned out uh, at other times. There can be several options to every license of saying, Hey, right now we're going to start at, you know, maybe it's a TV production. We're going to start at this, and then we're going to have an option to extend it to here and an option to extend it again and add this. Maybe we're going to start with TV for three years, then extend it to TV for another five years, including internet They can do things like that. So there's tons of different ways to structure these licensing deals. And that's why I'll have uh, more episodes about actual licensing later because it's really its own thing. But for the point here, it's really to understand how generally this kind of sync world works, the different rights that come with it, how they pay, what they need to license, what permissions they need to get and things like that. Now, I also recently got a question regarding the sync world that I'll answer real quick here. Uh, If you guys are the ones doing a production and you're using music for your production. So the question was, uh, this person is doing a web series and he wants to use independent artists and um, their songs and, and songwriters, their songs in his web series. And this goes, whether it's a web series or a TV show or film or anything it is, the process is the same. So if you're the one that's putting on the production and you want to use songs in your production, you have to go get permission from the songwriters to first use the composition. And then you got to get permission from the people who own the sound recordings to use that side too. So let's walk through a scenario. Say I'm somebody that's... Doing a production, whatever it may be—web series, TV, a film—and I'm saying, "All right, I really like this song from this artist. It's got a great vibe, and uh, fits so well in this scene that I that I have in mind. And I think it's just going to be perfect. Let's go and uh, and get this song cleared." So first, you have to license it. You have to get their permission. So I'm going to first go to the songwriters because, remember, the musical composition really holds the power here. So I'm going to find out who are the songwriters. Is there one songwriter? Is there three songwriters? Is it, was it a lyric, a lyricist and a producer? Um, how many songwriters wrote this? Because I have to get permission from all of them and all their publishers. Uh, And if they're independent and they don't have a publishing deal, then uh, you have to get permission from them directly. So I would go to them and say, Hey, songwriters, say there's two songwriters that wrote that song. I would go to each of them, figure out my budget, and say I have, uh, you know, $5,000 for the publishing side. And so say I have an Olin fee of $10,000, $5,000 for publishing, $5,000 for master. So first, go into the publishing side, and I say, Hey, songwriters. So uh, I'll do, and I'll do this individually, not with them together. Uh, you have to keep everything separate. So songwriters, uh, I really like your song. I want to use your song and I would lay out all the different rights. So I want to use your song as a background vocal for up to a minute and 20 seconds. Uh, here's the scene. Here's the description of, you know, I, I, you always want to provide them with the description of the use so they get a sense of creatively what this is going to look like. This is the media, so uh, it's going to be internet only or it's going to be only on YouTube or it's going to be only hosted on, online or we may take it to pitch to Netflix and maybe it'll get you know picked up there too. But this is the media. I'm going to lay out all the different rights. Uh, this is the term. Um, let's do it for 10 years and then after that time, I'll come back and try to relicense. But let's say 10 years and uh, it's going to be throughout the world the territory. So I lay out the different rights and for them. And I say the fee I have is because I have a $5,000 publishing fee here. Um, I have to split it evenly between the two writers. So I'm going to tell one, I have $2,500, um, for you. Uh, my all in fee is 5,000. So it's going to be $2,500 to you, $2,500 to the other songwriter. And I have to lay them out. And basically, if they give me the the okay, then uh, they have to issue a license. So they would issue me a license that says, basically, lays out all the terms of how their song is going to be specifically used to a T. It's going to have all this legal language in it and all that good stuff. And I'm going to acquire the license, going to sign it. They're going to sign it. So that gives me the permission and then I'm gonna pay them for the use of their song in my film. I have to do the exact same thing on the master side. So if, uh, if they're someone who wrote the song and recorded it, you can go to them and say, hey, because you're the owner of the publishing and the master, here's all the rights and the all in term for everything. And you can pay them one fee for both sides or you can split that up however you, you wanna do the accounting. But if it's different writers and uh, that wrote the song and you know, say it's two writers that wrote the song, but only one that owns the master, then you have to go to them separately and say, I want to use your song, but I also want to use your master recording. So again, you have to get two licenses, one for the musical composition and one for the master recording. And you have to pay two fees, one for the sound recording and one for the musical composition. And on the composition side, there's multiple writers, you have to pay each of those writers uh, a fee and get each of their permission. And this is another point too. say there's two writers that wrote a song, one approves the use, but the other doesn't approve the use, then you can't use it. So that can get really complicated. When say you have, you know, four or five writers on a song, you have to get permission from each one of them. And if you got 90% of the song cleared, and there's just a writer who has 10% that maybe you can't get a hold of him, or maybe uh, that songwriter just doesn't want the song to be used, you can't clear it. And that's it's black and white like that. It's not like, oh, I have majority, so we're good to go. You either can clear the whole song, or you can't clear the whole song. So songwriters, if you write with other writers, keep that in mind too, that For sync uses, everybody has to approve that use um, on the songwriting side and the master side. Very, very important things to keep in mind. We'll talk a lot more about this. I promise there's so much to cover. Um, It's a real fascinating world, and there's so many different scenarios. Hopefully, I can have some really cool guests on, like music supervisors or uh, people that work in licensing, uh, people that work on the production side to give you some wild stories that uh, we've all been a part of and seen in uh, so many different capacities here because that's what makes the sync world so exciting is that you really never know what you're going to get. Every day is a little bit different. You never know what that next use is going to be, um, but it's a, it's a fun world and uh, a great way to, to make some money, get your songs out there, and uh, just another stream of income that you can generate for, uh, for your catalog. So, Hopefully this has been a helpful introduction into that world. Uh, tried to cover kind of an overview, but lots more definitely. And uh, if you guys have any questions or anything you wanna know more or something was a little uh, fuzzy, give me a shout. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at paidinfullpod or uh, drop a comment or DM me, whatever, get in touch. I'm happy to help and uh, explain some of this more, but stay tuned because we'll be talking a lot more about this stuff in the future. And that being said, Thanks so much for listening and I will see you guys on the next episode.